Welcome everyone to the self-improvement podcast, where we talk about personal development principles to assist you as a high school student or even as a freshman in college. And today we have a special guest and of course, co-host Dalton Cox. How you doing, Dalton? Doing good, Ian. Glad to be here. And welcome, Alexis. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Likewise. All right. So uh, I guess we could get started by kind of knowing more about you as a teacher in terms of like education, like why do you do what you do and what did you have to do and teach yourself and learn to, to be a teacher? Yeah. Um, so, so I'll say this, if you were to have asked my high school self, if I would ever be a teacher, I would have laughed at you. Um, this was certainly not my 10 year plan. Um, I went to a technical high school in Massachusetts <clears throat> and I went for TV and radio communications. And so the plan was, I was going to be a, a TV producer somewhere. Um, and then somewhere in my senior year, I kind of got disillusioned with it. Um, I produced a local public access TV show every day. And I, I didn't like the type of person I felt like I needed to be to get things done. Um, and of course, now looking back, I just didn't know how to be a leader. Um, but I, I felt like it just wasn't who I wanted to be. I, I felt like I needed to boss people around and tell people what to do constantly. And, and I didn't like that part of me. And so I took a gap year and I worked for a nonprofit in Louisiana called City Year. Um, and in doing that, I worked in um, a fourth grade classroom in East Baton Rouge Parish. And um, I, I fell in love with my work. I remember I came home one day and it was just like, a, it, it was like a light bulb moment. Like, oh my gosh, I think this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, being able to connect with young people and, and help them figure things out was just really rewarding. Um, so after my first, I did that for a year and then I, um, I moved back, uh, up North and I moved into um, my grandmother's house in New Hampshire. And so, um, I did two years at a community college because I knew, um, being a teacher was never going to make me a ton of money. And then I did two years at a state school. Um, and I finished my bachelor's. And I decided I wanted to do something different. I finished my bachelor's degree in, um, not in May, like most students do, but in December. And so I had a six month, six months before um, I could be hired as a teacher in the States. And so I, I figured why not um, apply overseas? And so it was kind of a rash decision to, decision to move to Thailand. Um, I applied on a Thursday, had my interview on Super Bowl Sunday um, and booked my flight on a Tuesday. And it was just like, here we go, you know? Um, and it was fun. It was fun to make that choice and be able to make that choice. And so I did that for a year and then moved back to the States, um, and, and got my job where I am now. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess part of your education journey has taught you a lot about yourself, you know, because reading about how to become um, a TV producer is like different than actually doing it. And then realizing that there are other components like the leadership component you were talking about. Yeah. And yeah. Dalton is particularly passionate about leadership. Um, but the way you described it to me kind of stood out because it was different than the way he described it to me. 
Um, and I found that pretty interesting. Like, Dalton, do you have any comments about that? When you said you weren't a good enough leader, what do you think that meant? Mm. Yeah, so so I think um, now, right, looking back and, and also coaching young people into, into being better leaders in our school community, um, I think one of the biggest issues I had was I didn't know how to get delegate tasks and I took things really personally. Um, so, so I think for instance, you know, if someone was working on a news story and they didn't follow through, I took it personally and that wasn't about me, you know? Um, but I, I would take it personally and I would hold on to it and hold on to that frustration. And I, um, it just didn't sit well with me. I think certainly now leadership looks a lot different as I've gotten older um, and as I've had more experience. Um, and I, I would like to think, I, I like the word facilitator, I think rather than leader. Um, and I think that I like that word because it, it kind of puts me on equal footing with everyone. Um, I don't know that I necessarily am the type of person to gravitate towards that role of leader, um, traditionally anyways. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Like for me in my business, when I am enrolling someone new, I think of leadership because mm -hmm. I'm helping them clarify what they want and what they need to do. Um, and so in my case, like the word I like to use like your word is facilitator. Like you think of yourself as a facilitator. For me, I look at myself as an advisor. Mm -hmm. like someone that others seek for advice, like in, in my specific industry. And it also takes off this like perceived pressure in a sense. Like, oh, I got to lead them. I got to tell them this, that. But no, you're just advising someone or you're faci facil sorry, facilitating a specific activity or or subject and i think that's really helpful it's a helpful mindset yeah i think people have go ahead alexis oh i was just gonna say it's similar to like the idea of coaching you know i think all of these words are synonyms they're they're relatively interchangeable i like that yeah it's true i think the misconception that i commonly see with leadership is you bossing around people and telling them what to do and that's not what leadership really is. Leadership is a lot of things. Uh, one of the things you talked about, Alexis, is that you uh, get worked up about something. You get too attached to it. And so there's this thing in leadership called detachment. Mm -hmm. To detach from your emotions, to detach from the task at hand so you can see the overall picture, which also helps with decentralized command, which you call delegating tasks which is a big part of leadership. So you can have that up and above perspective. And another thing about leadership that a lot, a lot of people don't realize is you want your subordinates to take ownership of the tasks that they need to do. And in order to do that, you have to let them have ownership and control. So, yeah. Ownership. So it's like, not, go ahead. Like good teaching, right? It sounds like giving young people, giving people autonomy and, and giving them a say over what they do. And, and I think 
as a young person, I just didn't have an understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Certainly as I've gotten older, I, I see that now. Um, but Dalton, the way you just described leadership just sounded like, like good teaching tactics, you know? For sure. Yeah. And like in the business world, being a good leader, um, so to speak, is also like ethical. Like you're not forcing people, but you're leading them. You're, you're clarifying, you're advising. Um, so it, it's, it's just something that is super easy to transfer in, into different domains of life is like helping people take ownership um, f- for their life, for their self-improvement, for, for their goals. Like they have to own their goals. Like if someone doesn't want to be successful, I can't help them. Yeah. It's, yeah. Funny that you mentioned the goals part because Ian and I, we have a mastermind where we keep each other accountable for the goals that we have. And when you talk about having ownership for your goals, you can have somebody holding you accountable all you want, though those goals aren't going to be accomplished unless you put in the work to do them, unless you decide that that's what you're going to pursue. Mm-hmm. Oh, a question popped up in my head, like, since we're talking about leadership, that's kind of like one of the things that you have to coach your students on, right? Like if a student is watching this right now or someone just in high school in general, and they're having trouble understanding why they need to take ownership for their learning, like their future, what would you tell them? I would tell them that um, we are the choices we make every day. And, um, it's important to have something to work towards and something to look forward to. And so if you can get a vision of where you want to be in the next, even three to three months, right? Like look out, look past right now, where do you want to be? Um, it's, it's going to help you to, to get to where you need to go, I suppose. So for instance, so I teach writing and, um, after every paper or every small, small paragraph, even right now, I've been having the kids give themselves feedback on how they can grow as a writer. And, um, so, you know, this week, maybe one of their issues was that they didn't authorize. So they, they used evidence in a text and they didn't say where that evidence came from. And so next week or this week, they wrote that like, next time I want to make sure I use authorization. And so then next week they have their paper and they write their paper and we look back and I say, okay, did you use authorization? And and so set those small goals too, I think, Um, because when you fit, when you reach small goals, it feels good, Mm -hmm. you know, and it feels like you are growing and you are achieving. Um, Even if it's not this big, huge goal. And I, I think I do that in, in weightlifting too. Um, I set small goals. And then when I reach them, I set another small goal and um, go from there. I think, I think maybe that answers your question. It felt right. Yeah. Like you mentioned vision, like if they don't have vision, there's no deeper reason for why they got to hit these like incremental smaller goals. And I think that that stands true in many ways, you know, especially like in the mastermind that we mentioned. Um, like when the first time, the first time we set goals, 
we we ask the question like okay you have these smaller weekly goals where is this going to lead you to mm. where do you want to end up um like my vision for myself is different than Dalton's but we help each other stay reminded of of what we really want uh, like even for this podcast we we asked ourselves like why do we want to do this and a major part of it was that to help people just to help people that are in high school just kind of like the younger generation because i consider myself to be different like in my school because i'm into this personal development stuff yeah and it's not the norm and i feel like if we can shift the culture in that way and make developing yourself something normal and 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 cool yeah then that that's something huge like that's real impact to me and that's our like 10 year vision at least is to keep you know sharing these ideas yeah and i think you're right i think i think it's hard for <clears throat> for young people to see a a future like what happens after high school right if in and, and i think in our culture it's you either go to college or you join join a trade and if you're not going to college you know um and you don't and, and let's say you you choose to stay in town and you're not really sure what you're going to do it that's seen as a, a negative thing and i think so many young people kind of get stuck in this like what do i do because they don't have that vision and they're not taught how to see that vision um because it's kind of an abstract skill mm-hmm. um Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder, I wonder how this could look in a classroom environment. I feel like what you mentioned previously about thinking about it as coaching, like you're coaching these students. I think that's a very solid way to, I guess, help people, help students um, visualize what they want a little bit more. It's really good to ask questions and try to poke them that direction indirectly, mm-hmm. I would say. So, you know, like, what, what are your interests? What do you like to do? You know, why do you like to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's something that's, I've seen a lot, especially, you know, people around my sister's age and some high school seniors that I know is that they don't know what they want to do in their future. And what I would recommend is that they explore their interests. And if you're not, if you don't know what you're interested in, then just explore new careers, new hobbies and things like that until you find something that you're passionate about and you can start making those long-term goals or even short-term goals to work towards that passion. Yeah. Yeah. Something I've been noticing a lot is I feel like young people don't have a lot of passions or hobbies or, or things they really deeply care about. Um, and certainly that that's not always the case, but when we have these conversations in my classroom, I feel like maybe a third of them don't have hobbies or things that they like. And and thinking back to myself as a young person, I don't know that I had those things either. Um, And I, it wasn't until I became an adult that I started, you know, dipping my toes into 
different, you know, um, hobbies and I found different interests because I, I think as a young people, if you're not ex a young person, if you're not exposed to these things, um, and I, and I don't think I was, you don't know what your interests are. Um, so I, I guess that's why it's so important to have, um, join extracurricular activities and put yourself out there as a young person so you can have these different lived experiences and learn what things you like and things you don't like. I agree with that. Experience is what's lacking. Um, now like even with what I'm doing, I'm still building my experience, but I'm, I'm still able to do it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't like tried different domains. Like I, I went and studied accounting for a little bit, dentistry, EMT, uh, let's see what else, uh, biology. Like I looked at different careers um, in, in, in science. Um, I used to draw, but I stopped because I didn't enjoy it as much. And then, you know, I stumbled across music. I played the guitar. I still do. It's my main instrument. And then I came across producing. Oh, wow, I can produce. And I made some cool music. But then I was like, well, how is that going to work if no one hears it? Or if there are no fans like buying different products from, from, from the art, relating to the art. Then I was like, okay, sales and marketing. Let's go into that. And boom. Like, wow, I'm super passionate about that. Like, how, how do we create attention? How do we create like a, like a cult following almost? <laughs> you could say, how do we create like an influencer and how can we market them? Like, to me, that was interesting. Mm. And that's what I'm studying and that's what I help with. That's, that's great. I also find it so fascinating, you know, how we get to where we end up right? So you, you tried, you dipped your toe in all of these different things and maybe you still have interest in some of them, but it's not your, your true passion. Um, and I think that's what makes humans interesting is all of these different parts of ourselves, you know, um, and all of our niche little interests and um, our hobbies. And, and I just, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I also had like a thought yesterday about passion versus like vision versus what you want to do, like what really matters at the end of the day. And as I was having more conversations with people in my industry and then outside my industry, I started thinking to myself, like passion is overrated. Like passion isn't everything, which sounds contradictory because everyone tells you to follow your passion. And that the aha moment I had yesterday was that vision is more important than passion. I think, I think passion can fade in time. Um, and I, I think that with vision, you're able to renew that passion. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so passion waxes and wanes, right? But I, I think in, in visions do too sometimes, right? Our vision of what we want, I think changes and, and that should be allowed. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I agree with that idea that like passion isn't everything. Um, it makes me think of, 
the idea that um, it's like motivation versus discipline, right? Like I'm not always motivated to go do something, but if I'm disciplined, I'm going to get that thing done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I see motivation and passion similar to like, whereas vision and um, discipline are similar too. I see that. Yeah. Dalton talks about like discipline as it relates to leadership as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that one of his goals for a while was reading. He had these like two books and his goal was to annotate and do all these things. Um, and over time he had like a couple chapters he wasn't feeling and he wasn't like passionate about, so to speak. I think it was personal finance, right? Dalton. Like one it of- actually was a book on the stock market. It was yeah. um, like how to invest like the common, common sense, invest. a little book of common sense investing is what it was. Yeah. So you had to use discipline because like it wasn't the top passion, but it related to your vision. Right. Yes. And, and part of your vision is like what again, if you don't mind sharing? I want to be financially stable. So, and the thing is, it's, it's funny because I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which had um, inspired me to research finance because if you're not financially literate, you won't be able to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. And so then I stumbled upon the book, um, this little book of common sense investing. And I didn't like that book at all. I mean, there was some cool information in there. However, it was very repetitive and monogamous. And I didn't pull a lot from it. However, because of that grit and that discipline, I was able to push through the book and keep pursuing my uh, financial literacy, which helped me get onto the book I'm now currently reading, which is um, Personal Finance Quick Start Guide, which is a great book. I've learned so much from it. And, you know, sometimes you just have to buckle down and drag your knuckles a little bit to get through the rough stuff so you can get to where you need to be and where you can be happy and successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about that end destination, being financially stable, and not having to worry about anything like the feeling of being there is much stronger than the feeling of not wanting to do something like it's, it's just chemistry. It's just feelings. Like, how do you want to feel? And then you connect with that feeling. That's what my coaches told me, you know, after working with a bunch of them and developing myself that way, which is one of the many ways you could do it. And that's, that's what I picked up is vision. How do you want to feel? Yeah. yeah, David Goggins also talks about it. He's a um, big knuckle dragger. <laughs> and it's helped him do a lot of incredible things, such as set a world record of over 4,000 pull-ups, run ultra marathons. So, yeah, vision is very important and useful. Mm-hmm. So it becomes, I think, as it relates to, like, students, it becomes less about what do you like to do, and it becomes more about what do you want. 
Yeah, I, I think that that's really helpful at the high school level. I think at the middle school level, that it almost could be too abstract, but I don't, I don't know. Um, certainly, certainly young people have many ideas of what they want to do when they become an adult and what things that they want and things that they don't want. Right. I think maybe that's, that's um, a, an interesting way to frame it is what don't you want, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of life do you not want? And then what can you do to avoid that? Yeah. It's a good start for mm-hmm. sure. I feel like at that level too, like in middle school, they could be more imaginative. So they could be in a sense, easier to sell on that vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one advantage, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. The the kids write, um, towards the end of their eighth grade year, they write a paper about, they got a million dollars and they have to spend it all. And there's certain things they have to spend it on. Um, but one of them is their, um, is their, their future. So they, they have to make um, a risky investment, a um, return investment. Um, they have to put some money for, for their future, for like an education or something. And so <clears throat> that's when I start to see um, young people kind of like coming up with all these crazy ideas of what they're going to do um for their future and that's always fun yeah so something like that I feel like is helpful yeah yeah but then like the trick is using that to help motivate them when it comes to the you know mundane tasks or maybe some homework that they have to do yeah just kind of remind them like hey remember you wanted to to do this and that's why you want to do it yep yeah, remembering your why is very important. Yeah. Yeah, it, that idea of intrinsic motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, versus extrinsic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about intrinsic motivation and growth mindset. Um, that Those are a couple, like, key phrases that we use. The growth mindset's the big one. Um, you use that with your students? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What does that look like? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, in sixth grade examples, because um, we, we're talking about it right now, um, we're doing a unit on failure and successes um, and what role failure has in, in being successful. Um, and so an example of a growth mindset is um, they did poorly on their science test and they know that... Um, they can study again and study this time with a teacher and retake the test and hopefully do better. But that growth mindset is like, I'm, I'm smart and I may, I messed up on this and I'll do better next time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think <clears throat> keeping, keeping track of their work so they can see how it changes over time and pointing that out to them, that, that helps to really um, encourage that growth mindset. Be like, look how you've changed from this draft to this draft, you know? Um, and so we do a lot of, reflection in our writing um because for me it's really really important that they can see how they have grown and how they have changed um in in small intervals it's funny that you mentioned tracking their progress because i can't remember what book it was that i read about it that said top golfers 
in the country, in the world, top athletes, are percentage points better than each other. Like the number one athlete or golfer in the world is per- percentage points better than the number two athlete. And he slash she gets paid millions of dollars more. And the reason why he's able to be that much better is because he slash she tracks their progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's that looking at seeing where where you've come and, and then that kind of helps to direct you where you're going, you know. Um, <clears throat> and I do that. I do that in the weight room. Um, so I'll like mark down what I, w- I got this week and then hope for better next week, you know? Um, and, and it feels good when, when you, when you, um, surpass, you know, last week's PR. And I think I also, you know, I can tell my young people get, they get excited when they see the growth they've made. It's really neat. Um, Even if it's a smaller goal. Yeah. I mean, if they, if they struggled with topic sentences a week ago and they wrote the best topic sentence they've ever written and and we can talk about it, that's like, they leave my class knowing that they, they did something really cool. Like they grew and they, they have this skill in their, their toolbox Mm -hmm. and they can use it in other classes and they can use it in my class next week, you know, or the week after whenever they need to again. It's amazing. Yeah. There's, there are many takeaways. I mean, so far there have, there has been like one is knowing what you want and why you want it. Um, two is setting small goals and achieving them. Three is celebrating these goals. I think there was one more. Um, oh, expose yourself to more experience or experience. Yeah. That was big. That's awesome. I mean, you can you can do a lot with these tools, like right there. Um, what would you recommend, like students never do in terms of their education? I don't know. I I think it's tricky to speak in absolutes. Um, don't drop out. out. I know these are probably, that's not your, your group of students, but golly, just get a high school diploma, please. Um, I, I guess never underestimate yourself. Um, God, you're, you're capable of so much and there's the whole world in front of you and it's only going to get better. Um, you know, there's, you know, I, I, I know personally, I, I struggled in middle and high school. Um, and I didn't see, there was a, a time when I, I wasn't quite sure about like what my future looked like. And, um, and it, it just gets so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. It goes back to the growth mindset. Yeah. Because if, if you never underestimate yourself, you're almost guaranteed to grow. Because you're, you're opening the door for yourself to do better. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Alexis, one of the things you said for your students never to do is drop out. And a sophomore in high school that I know uh, was telling me how part of his plan was to, when he comes of age, 
drop out of high school and just pursue working. And I want to know what you th- how you feel about that, what you think about that, and why you would recommend that students don't drop out of high school. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always exceptions to the rule, right? I, um, I, know, I know a couple folks who dropped out and are incredibly successful. And so I guess... I guess that there's always exceptions to the rule, but I think for the most most of the time, it is really, really difficult to get a job if you don't have a high school diploma. If you're the type of person who is motivated and driven and you know what you wanna do and you're dropping out because you have this, this, this vision, right? Who am I to tell you no, I guess? But I think the majority of, of people don't have, um, don't have that vision and they're, they wanna drop out because they're struggling or, they want to drop out because they don't want to do the work or they don't see how it's going to be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it is helpful and it, it does make a big difference. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to see the delayed gratification that graduating high school comes with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can look at statistics that the, the pay difference alone and people who have graduated high school versus people who have not is, astronomical and I don't have those numbers off the top of my head but it is a massive gap in pay um and that continues to widen the more education you get um and and, you know certainly we know that a lot of people can put themselves in a really bad spot with college debt um but if you can if you can further education um for less money if it's applicable to the career you want to go into then I encourage everyone to do that. Um, but I guess Dalton to that, to that sophomore, um, I, I would ask, is their vision really that strong? And is it feasible, right? Like if they want to drop out because they want to be a, um, a Twitch gamer and make all their money on Twitch, um, is that viable in the long run? And, you know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now that he, his plan is he wants to drop out so he can make money. Like that's what his, his focus is on. And I was trying to tell him that oh, you have the rest of your life to work. Yeah. I would say, then I would say, you know, is, is he in a, in a tough spot financially? Is his family in a tough spot? And is there ways that he can get help? And, and obviously I don't know this young person situation, but um, what are you going to do with all that money? And, and how high can you really go um, without a high school diploma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would make more if you just stick with it, graduate. But yeah, I think, I feel like it could be an escape from, it's definitely an escape from something. It's either like, fear of work like whether it's at school or like you said there might be like personal problems he's trying to escape by working more hours but whatever the case might be i guess the the takeaway is like seek help clarify why you want to do what you want to do and have a plan for it yeah get that why figured out yeah 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 i think we covered a lot here. Um, I appreciate you for hopping on this, you know, call and and 
spending your time with us to help others. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. I think, I think this podcast is great and I, um, I hope it reaches a lot of young people. I listened to a couple of your, your past podcasts and I thought they were great and I love the idea. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alexis. And uh, with that, we thank you guys for coming to the podcast today and checking it out. We hope that you've grabbed something that you can use in your life to get better and to achieve success. And we'll see you in the next one.